0: Warning, this podcast must be listened to while drinking coffee or beer. Do not drive and drink coffee or beer. Do not smoke and drink coffee or beer. And do not have sex while driving and smoking and drinking coffee or beer. You're listening to the Coffee or Beer Podcast, brought to you on behalf of Home. My guest today is Mr. Nathan Barley Phillips. Thanks for coming in today, buddy. Hey, no worries, all good. Thank you. Um, first important question What is your drink of choice, coffee or beer? I feel like I want to go
1: for the beer, but I really need the coffee. So, no, i not another me. coffee drinker. Huh? Sorry, I'm going to take the coffee. There you so, go. This is right. yours, sir. Thanks very much. Luckily, you had these already made. I did. <laughs> so, I did. All right, cheers. <laughs> Barley is the UK manager for
0: Tunecore. So, let's start with Tunecore. What is TuneCore,
1: okay, cool. Uh, So TuneCore is a great digital uh, platform that you can use if you're an artist or a band uh, to upload to our system, so that we can actually deliver your music out to places like Spotify, Apple, Deezer, Tidal. So if you're a new artist or a new band that's got some new tracks you want to get out to the world, you can use TuneCore to uh, to effectively upload that to the world. It's super easy. We deliver out uh, deliver music to 150. Uh, plus stores across the, uh, you know, the, the globe, you know, in France, you know, one of the biggest, uh, players there is Mm Deezer, um, you know, who we, who we have great relationship with. I think the beauty really with, with, with TuneCore is, is that there's no contracts. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we don't take any commissions on, on an artist's royalties at all. So an artist that will actually own a hundred percent of their royalties. Right. So the way that our system works is basically just a subscription model. So... If you want to release a new track, it's seven ninety nine for the year. But if you make a hundred thousand dollars on that, that's all of yours. You know, we you, you, you completely, you know, you, you literally take home a hundred percent of those royalties. And the, the subscription model makes so
0: much sense because the amount of money that you get per stream as an artist is minimal. Mm-hmm. So being a, a, able to keep all of that for yourself is very appealing.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it does. It, I think, you know, the, the, the thing to remember with it is, is that, yeah, sure, you know, when you look at it on, on paper, it, you know, it does look minimal, but the, but the idea is, is to, is to, especially, you know, we want to kind of encourage and foster, um, you know, artists that are going to be career artists, you know, that's, that's the key thing for us. You know, my role is to kind of look at our, you know, really kind of help out our kind of VIP clients, which are, you know, that they're, they're self-releasing artists, but they're also management companies we also have you know a ton of record labels that use the service as well really my job is to kind of help them develop and sustain a career over time which you absolutely can do in you know it is it's kind of it was really tricky. I think about 10 years ago, you know, yeah. when the, the, the industry was really changing and nobody really knew what was, what was going to happen, you know, physical sales just went off a cliff, you know, downloads were, were happening, but nobody was really sure how long it was going to last. As, as we know, the, the great thing about the current environment is, is that there are, there are more opportunities for artists than ever yeah. because there are less, you know, less gatekeepers and there's, there's just more ways to get your music out there and really kind of, you know, ultimately you just, you just need to be in a position where, as an artist, you know you, you're building you're building the biggest fire you can. Do algorithms play a role in in um, in what you do?
0: In so much as <clears throat> should artists be regularly uploading music, or does it matter if they go long stints without uploading any any songs?
1: Um, it's it it does kind of it does play its part. I mean, I, I think you know I, I would encourage any artists um, you know to to really kind of. Be, be consistent if they can. But I mean, it, it's a really difficult thing sometimes that balance between, you know, just putting stuff out and, and actually maintaining a, a quality control with your artistry. The, the advice certainly that I give to to artists is just to, you know, it, it really in terms of kind of developing and, and building your career is to just be consistent, you know, and, and and just put yourself in a position where, you know, you're definitely writing consistently, you know, it, hopefully you're releasing consistently the you know on the promo side, if you're a live artist, you're playing you know live shows consistently, mm-hmm. and it's just really about kind of looking at it uh, the d- the kind of the development over the long term. Like that's that's the key thing for me. I think the the there's a real kind of pitfall and a danger I think with with the current climate because of the the immediacy of everything where people think. I just need that like that one track that's going to get added well, to it. Yeah. Well, just added like added to a playlist or you know whatever you know play the, uh, being added to a playlist was you know was being you know having a radio play like ten years ago on on a, on a massive show. You know the cool thing is now both of those things exist and they're both equally as important in, in kind of different ways. But is I, I think that the the culture that, that we're in at the moment is just like oh that's the that's the magic bullet. I just need I just need to be on a playlist. I just need one track track on a playlist. And you know you were talking about the, the numbers per stream and everything else. Yeah, sure, that, that helps. But, it, but really what you see is is that the, the, the artists that have sustainable careers are the artists that have got, you know, lots of songs, lots of catalogue that have really been kind of, you know, building things up. I've got a lot of questions
0: going through my head right now. I mean, it's, that's so much <laughs> Sorry. you know, valuable information, <laughs> to be honest. And you're the second guest we've had on the show who has said those exact same words that artists can make a living today um, because of all the opportunities that are out there and available to them, no one's going to be rolling around in Rolls Royces from a, from any of this necessarily. But as a band of four people or a band of five people, it's possible to have some income. Mm-hmm. That's what you're saying, isn't it? Yeah, you can get to a point where you really can
1: have an income. The stuff that that I do or the stuff that you know, the stuff that the Tune Court does is is ultimately, you know, bring in bring in royalties, you know, based on your, you know, based on streaming. Um, uh, but, but, you know, for as an artist, that's only one, you know, revenue stream. Yeah. You know, there's, there's lots of other things to consider, you know, live shows. There's, you know, potential with, with sync, you know, there's publishing. There's, you know, there's a, there's a whole, you know, merchandise obviously is another one. If you're that kind of artist as well. So it's, it's really about kind of understanding like what the revenue streams are, understanding where your music kind of fits in, you know, into the market. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you might have, you know, you might be an extremely, you know sort of catchy songwriter that actually would be perfect to work with you know music supervision company or you know sync company because you write those you know you know 30 seconds of pure gold that that people people want to use on a promo and you know that kind of thing so that might be your thing and actually you might earn more money out of that than you ever will playing live but for other people actually you know being on the road for half the year you know, in terms of you know performance fees and and their publishing fees for for you know the 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 public performance of their songs, and you know that can be a real you oh, know yeah I mean. you know, yeah real kind of revenue driver as well. I read recently that you, uh, Chumbawamba now works with
0: TikTok or they. Yeah. What does so what is, what, is, what does that mean exactly? I mean <laughs> I know what TikTok is, but uh,
1: what. How do you earn money from TikTok? What happens is is that we have an we have a deal with with TikTok whereby we uh, deliver all of our catalog and sound recordings for for artists. Right? So every artist that uses our service, if they sign up and and actually give us uh, express wishes to deliver their songs to to the TikTok platform, mm-hmm. then we will. And what that means is is that their music is then actually available on the platform when people are creating content so they might be you know creating you know little video snippets and they have music in the background and they're actually you know they might be searching for something specific or they might just be browsing and using you know totally random things and what happens is is that sometimes you know these something just happens on that platform and you and you you know it will go viral and it will you know it will spread and quite often it can just be like, you know, six seconds of, of something completely random visually, but mm. underpinning that visual is a, is a sound recording that, that ultimately, you know, belongs, belongs to someone. Right. Um, and they're getting royalties from that. Yeah, exactly. The, the and again, is for me, it's really interesting because there's the, you know, it's the innovation side, but it's also just the potential, you know, the potential reach, you know, mm. for, for an artist that, that, you know, or a band or whatever that, that um, you know, that, that really kind of, harnesses those platforms and really understands how to reach people on those platforms i think you know there's some really cool possibilities out there so where is album
0: release and ep releases going because people don't necessarily so for a start people don't necessarily buy albums anymore okay and when they're streaming they aren't necessarily listening to the whole album either so it kind of warrants the question well are albums kind of redundant or do they just treat every single song like its own little mini campaign? Um, is it these kind of things that you discuss, like, as part of a strategy? Yeah. Where do you
1: think it's going to go? Yeah, definitely. And I, I think that, you know, the interesting thing for me is is that what you're presenting is a, is a philosophical question. Yeah. It's not, there's, it's not a question that has a right or wrong answer. Again, I kind of understanding how, as an artist, how do you, how do you want, you know, your music to be represented, you know, mm. how, how, do, what experience do you want your audience to have? The good thing is I think that, um, you know, the, because of the way that technology is working now and because of the way that the streaming services, for instance, are set up, there are new strategies coming coming along. Mm. Um, you know, one of, one of the ones that I've kind of seen working quite well at the moment for certain artists is this thing that we call in the industry, cascading, uh, or waterfalling, um, and what that is, is ultimately, you will start with um, releasing a track. But what will happen is, is that within kind of three or four weeks, you'll release a second track, but you'll actually bundle it with the first track on the streaming platform. What do you mean by bundle? Exactly. So what will happen is, is that you, you're kind of releasing the, the, the original song again, but but this time it will have a second track with it. So as a product, when you're looking at it on a streaming service, you would have the first track, right? And there would be another product, i.e. an EP or something that would have that track and the second track. And then they would release this, those same two songs again, but with a third track four weeks later. Like stacking. Exactly. Yeah. So, so we're kind of calling it cascading or waterfalling. It's a, fa- it's a fairly new technique. But what's happening with that is that it's getting streaming numbers up for the previous tracks. So every, cause what happens is, is you're directing people to that product. Yep. And that then has all of the tracks that you had before. And what happens is that listeners tend to, rather than just listening to the new track, they listen to the new track as well as the other three yeah. in in one go. So what's happening is it's really kind of building up. And they'll do that over a period of, say, you know, four months, three to four months with a new track every sort of four to six weeks. So that at the end of it, you've got like an eight-track mini album or it could be a 10-track album or whatever. But the great thing we're doing with that strategy is that it is getting streaming numbers up because people are listening to you know all of your songs in that collection rather than just one. I really want to ask about um, competitors. So what do you do? What makes you guys different? You know, TuneCore is a music company. Um, you know, we have people you know w- within our company specifically, you know, definitely within my team on the on our on an international level, you know, that are. That have, you know, industry veterans that have, you know, that have worked in music directly with artists, you know, whether that be managing artists, whether that be running PR, whether that be running live events and promotions, you know, whether that be, you know, songwriters that are in their own right, you know, that kind of thing. It really kind of helps us to understand who our audience or who our clients are and who our customers are. You know, which I think really does help us to kind of, you know, stand apart. And as I say, you know, not, not all of our competitors offer a hundred percent royalties back to artists either. You know, some of them are taking small percentages, right. you know, for their work and, you know, as well as a, you know, a fee and, and, and whatever. So, you know, any artists that are kind of looking out there, I would, I would just say, you know, definitely, you know, have a look and compare. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, yeah, just keep in mind that, okay, what happens if, you know, you start to develop as an artist and things start to happen for you you know who are you going to talk to your distributor do you have a personal contact is there is there someone like me that you can talk to that you can say okay you know i've got this question i really want to you know sort of spin some ideas about how i can develop my you know my career and that kind of thing cuz you know so, some do but the majority are actually that they provide the service yeah that's, that's it I and mean, that's it and that's fine mm-hmm. that's what you pay for mm-hmm. but you know but but for us it's much more about okay developing artists and helping them to have like you know long term careers if that's if that's their ambition. What's your day to day?
0: (laughs) Talk me through your day to day because it sounds like so
1: so so doing those doing those deals with with, uh with, with, with with services in countries, that's not my job. Right. Um we have a really talented team that that whose job that is. Um, and, you know, but, but it is interesting. You're right. You know, we, 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 we mentioned previously about, you know, different services being in different countries, you know, earlier, but, you know, the interesting thing for me is, is that, you know, kind of in some of these sort of massively populated countries, something like India, for instance, yeah. you know, Apple is only the sixth biggest music service in India. You know, there are local services that, that, you know, that have much, much higher user figures than Apple do. And Spotify only launched in, launched there a couple of weeks ago. So they're not even they haven't literally a couple of weeks. Yeah, years they haven't day. even been in the market. And it's the same with Russia as well. So, you know, Spotify as as of today, I don't think is is uh, is available in Russia. Um, which you know, which which again, when you kind of think about the population and you know, and, and again for us, you know, the new markets that are kind of coming on board is you know, things like um China mass, you know, obviously massively uh, is gonna be be uh, massively important in the future. So my my day-to-day really. So I look after, you know, as I say, our kind of key artists in the UK that are using our platform, like fundamentally, like that's my, that's my day to day role. So it's, you know, making sure that, you know, those guys are happy that, you know, that I'm speaking, you know, constantly to to our key artists that are using the platform that have got new content coming up, you know, new releases, talking to them about their strategy. You know, making sure that they're aware of new opportunities that we might be bringing on board, things like TikTok. And then the second part of my job is is really kind of looking after our industry relations, you know, okay. in, the, in specifically within the UK as well. And ultimately trying to help educate, you know, new artists that are coming into, you know, into the market that just, you know, maybe just need a little bit of help. And Sure. What, you know, what is your advice to, to new artists? Things like you know making sure that your assets are are correct you know looking at assets being yeah just yeah just making sure you are you know you're looking at you know what what state is your 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 artwork in have you thought about artwork you know what you know Mm -hmm. and making sure that you're the audio files that you're working with that they're in the correct format and they've been thought about you know Mm -hmm. release track things like that yeah but the the thing is is that you know and again because it's just an educational thing but you know i'll have new artists that will come up and they'll be like I you know I tried to use the service, but I just I couldn't I couldn't work out what you know why I was getting rejected and and as it turns out they were trying to upload MP3s, which is probably perfectly acceptable in their mind, mm. but but from an industry perspective, you know we we can't use compressed files. We need to make sure we're using WAVs and you know and and you know things of that standard. So it's that it's it's just trying to kind of make sure that they understand you know what the industry expectation is. But then yeah, so you know a lot a lot of the stuff I do is kind of talking about release strategy and. You know, understanding that, that things take time and that you should plan properly and, um, you know, sort of bear in mind any of the kind of marketing and the promo that might, you know, and 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 all of that, you know, what that entails and, yeah. you know, press lead times and radio lead times and, you know, all of that kind of stuff that you can kind of understand, okay, right, I've got this new track. And rather than just me putting it out and saying, cool, it's out. Like, so, what else can I do to kind of really make sure that I maximise the impact of that track when it's when it's released, or that you know that album or EP or whatever? So, where does where does your story start? How did you <laughs> first get into the industry? I was working in a completely unrelated industry about fifteen years ago, um, from, from day to day. Um, but I've always been um, you know involved in music in some way, whether that be kind of you know putting shows on in my teens or you know playing playing in bands and so. I mean, I, I started my own company. I, you know, I started my own record label, um, Basic Records, uh, in 2005. So yeah, so yeah, pretty much 15 years ago now. There were a couple of really interesting artists that were, uh, you know, kind of playing on our local scene at that time, which which I felt it needed more recognition. I felt that you know I could really sort of help out and you know bring to a wider audience, I guess. Um, so yeah, so I so I did that, and then um, just kind of slowly built things up there. I, I was still in my day job at that time. Um, you know, but, but as, as things, you know, sort of sli- slowly started to build, I then transitioned and, you know, handed my notice in at my day job. And that must also, have felt great. Yeah. Very scary though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very scary. Yeah. Um, you know, the reality is, is that, you know, I, I, I took out, um, you know, a pretty, a pretty big loan, um, you know, from, from a very understanding bank manager. Um, uh, you know, I, I, again, it was really tricky for me on, on a, on a personal level. I, you know, I'm married, I've got children, uh, responsibilities and, um, telling them that I was quitting my day job to, to go and do this thing. I and mean, by the way, I've got this massive loan that's, you know, whatever it's like, oh, okay. So again, very understanding wife, very understanding family, but ultimately it was, you know, they were massively supportive. Yeah. Um, and really wanted me to, to succeed in doing this thing. And I, and for me at that point. I, I had to do it. It was like a, it was like a fundamental need within my very being. That <laughs> I was just like, if I don't do this, I I'm, I'm going to regret it, and I'll actually resent myself, and I'll resent it. And you know, I would much rather have done that for two years, you know, three years, maybe at a push, and it not worked. Yeah. You know, and and ju- and just to, to accept that, yeah, um, and and go back to doing whatever it was, you know, whatever. Yeah, from there, it's been it's been kind of one thing after another, and you know, obviously. I formed Hold Tight with James in, you know, 2010, I think that was, yeah, 10 years ago. Wow. Um, and then yeah, sort of, you know, started to build that up, which was great. Um, and then a couple of years after that, I joined AIM, Association of Independent Music. Uh, I sat on the board of directors there for four years. Um, I left the board just over a year and a half ago, I think, something like that. You know, basic records was was uh was it was for me had had grown into this company that that I had to, not only me, I had to, you know, that I had to earn a living from it, but, but, you know, also a lot of other people. Yeah. Um, it's kind of now in a position where, um, you know, as a result, I I, I'm making kind of choices about the stuff that we release on Basic Records based on, you know, do, do I want to do it because I love it? Sounds like your calendar's pretty gonna be pretty full. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to be
0: really good at time management to get through all of that. Yeah.
1: Well, again, that's something you kind of grow accustomed to as you as you move on. I, you know, I, I did. A few years ago, kind of learned the hard way in terms of um taking too much on um you know I'm now much better equipped to to make sure that i've you know that I, that I manage that well. you can't work at, in music at this level unless you absolutely love it sure you know otherwise you you'll you'll be out very very quickly because it just you just can't sustain your your own interests you know in it if you don't absolutely love it so um i mean there' have been some some really proud moments you know but there, there there's been a number and there's not really one. That I could kind of put, you know, above the other. But I I mean, honestly, just, just running a, a a successful business and, and not having to have had to go back to my day job. Yeah. Like at that time, honestly, like that's probably, you know, I mean, we've, we've put out some great releases. We've had some stuff that sold really, really well. We've what, you know, been nominated for tons of awards. Like that, that's all great. I mean, that's, I'm really proud of all that stuff. Um, but you know, ultimately just being able to, 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 to do what I love doing for a living. That's probably what I'm most proud of. I think the learning curve that I had was, was understanding that as much as you, me personally anyway, as much as you think you can do everything, you know, the, uh, nine times out of 10, the, the, you, can't. you can't. And it, and it's, it's kind of, un, it's understanding that. And I, I've learned now that that's not the case. So for me, what was really difficult for me with running my own business was, is that ultimately the stuff that I was good at, Which was that, you know, the creative stuff. What I didn't realize was, is that I couldn't actually combine that with all of the stuff that it takes to actually run a business. Right. And that, you know, they're kind of two very different, you know, kind of trains of thought. Yeah. Really. You have to take the rough with the smooth, you know, with that and ultimately point the finger inwards and say, you know, look, you try to do all this stuff and and you, and you couldn't. So, so yeah, so I I learned that and, um, you know, it's it's definitely kind of put me in good stead for the future. I think it's really important also, you know, throughout that process is to, is to actually look after yourself. And that can be, that can also be really difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, when there are, you've got responsibilities, you're answerable to a whole, you know, to a number of different people, including the artists you're working with, including the staff that work for you, you know, you're, you're ultimately kind of at this, this, this sort of, Pivotal point between everybody. Um, and that's fine. It's, but it's quite a lot of responsibility. And, 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 and that's a, that's all good. My, my shoulders are quite broad in, in that respect. However, you do need to be aware of the signs of like, okay, well, wow. i like like a bit of overwhelmed. Yeah, yeah. Some, a bit too much. Yeah, everyone's got their point. Everyone's, you know, everyone's got their kind of... Have you hit that point <clears> before? Yeah, back? I did. Yeah, previously. Absolutely. Um, and And it's kind of, and again, just kind of being real. Like mm. being real with yourself about... Okay. You need to take some time out. You know, yeah. you need to, you need to either delegate some of this or, you know, take away some of that or, you know, take some time out for yourself to, you know, to, to do the things that, you know, that you need to do to, to make you, you know, to, to get yourself into, into a position where you're healthy in yourself and that you're on, you're ultimately in a position where you're, you can positively give to the people that, you know, that are expecting things from you. You know, if there's, you, you can't give anything from an empty cup. Like that's the oh, yeah. that's the yeah. whole you know that's the whole thing. So make sure your you know your your cup is full, and then all of a sudden you, you'll be able to kind of deal with these things a lot better. Brilliant! Thank you so much for coming in. it. No worries. Uh, it's all got a bit like deep after a while, didn't it? Bro? Love it. Love, love a good deep with <laughs> you.
0: So yeah, yeah, thanks very much you've been listening to coffee or beer on whole Tight tv brought to you on behalf of whole Tight. if you are in a band or you know people in bands and they need pr they need radio they need digital marketing then whole Tight is your number one stop shop for that so please subscribe to the channel follow us on all the socials and please get in touch if you need any of those services and we'll catch you on the next episode thank you for listening to coffee or beer